don't be afraid because I was, I really was. Yeah. Uh, it was very intimidating to me. So I really believe if you, if you have an idea that you find good, go for it. Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the hungry founder podcast a show where we bring on the best founders, marketers, and operators in the e-commerce world and dig into their best tips to scale your business fast. Amanda, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. So, Amanda, just to kick things off here, can you just tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I am the founder of Squawk Box, which is a subscription box for people who own birds. So it's it's a, a box that gets delivered monthly that is a variety of toys and treats for your pet bird. So can you take us through the story here? Like, how did you come up with this idea for a bird subscription box and what problem does it solve? Yeah, so I came up with the idea because I actually uh, adopted a parrot um, about 10 years ago. And when I adopted him, I realized how many other parrots were up for adoption at the time. And I, and then when I, when I ended up getting him, I realized that he was actually pretty difficult to take care of. They're very smart animals. Um, they require a lot of attention. They require a lot of stimulus. So, or stimulation. So I, I thought about, you know, I actually thought about BarkBox, like it would be nice to have a subscription box for people who own birds, because there are really so many for adoption. Um, it's about 75% of people give up their birds within the first two years of having them, which is a wild number. Uh, it's mostly just because people don't know how to take care of them. So I just thought it would be nice if there were some, something that I could use to, to help others take care of their pet bird. And really, I was looking for it for myself, but since there wasn't anything out there, I just decided to start doing it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I love about Squawk Box, and I think one of the reasons why, uh, you know, it's it's been having so much success is, well, there, there are a couple of reasons for this. Um, you know, the first is that it's a very specific niche. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of early founders... Um, particularly in the subscription box industry, kind of go astray. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they try to create a product that tries to be everything to everyone. And, right. you know, by doing so, you essentially are nothing to no one, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I've had a lot of people say to me when they realize what I do that I should, um, you know, do I do it for dogs? Do I do it for cats? Do I do it for you know, hamsters or guinea pigs or something. And I'm, I just, you know, I always tell them no, obviously, but they, a lot of people that aren't in this industry believe that, oh, you should, you should spread out as thin as possible and, and try to nap up all of the, all of the different types of animals and that I'm too small of a niche, but it's not, it's not that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the advantage to that too, like you staying with just bird owners in your in your niche is uh also that you understand the customer you you made this product for yourself and so you understand the exact pain points that people are are going through 
And, you know, I, I think that has kind of enabled you and then, uh, you know, Harbor running some of your Facebook ads through just picking your brain on this stuff uh, to really understand the actual problems people are going through and craft ad copy that actually resonates with people. And I think that's, that's so huge. Like right from the get-go, you had a very thorough understanding of your target customer and, and could use language and messaging that actually uh, spoke to their pain points and, you know, ended up actually converting. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was something that, that I was feeling that I needed for um, myself in particular. So I figured a lot of other people would probably, uh, would probably find Squawk Box beneficial. Mm -hmm. So let let's back up a little bit here you you started squawk box you you know were a boat bird owner mm -hmm. uh and you started experiencing these problems for yourself and you created this product and the subscription box take us through that initial journey you know what did the the launch process look like how were you able to develop your product and how did you actually get those initial subscribers and get this off the ground mm -hmm. um so initially it's kind of funny. I, I, uh, I started it with Instagram and I was literally just taking photos of my bird. His name's Walter. Um, I was just taking pictures of him and I, I didn't have an Instagram page for him, uh, just yet, but I decided to start one for him because I was taking so many photos of him. I'm like my friends probably do not care what my bird looks like <laughs> as much as, you know, so I started getting a lot of other bird owners following his Instagram page. And I branched out from there. So I started, um, I started talking about Squawk Box on his Instagram page and getting people interested. I, you know, took some surveys. Would you be interested in this and, and having a subscription box for your bird? And uh, there were enough people that seemed interested. And he gathered about um, uh, 9,000 followers from Instagram. Wow. So I, I started off, uh, I started off, off that really. And then I created a new, new page, um, outside of him just for squawk box. And yeah, that's really how it started. Um, so it almost sounds like you're, you did like an accidental pre-launch, like yeah. you just created a Instagram page for your bird, which it, it sounds like was kind of just for fun. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was just <laughs> fun. And then I was thinking, yeah, I bet a lot of people from this page also would, you know, consider getting a subscription box for their bird. And so you, you know, just happened to <laughs> accidentally built this following of 9,000 people and then threw out this, this survey and, and found that you, you know, you might be onto something and you just launched your product. Yes. Yep. So what did, that launch process look like you know you you surveyed people you created this subscription box mm -hmm. when you actually said hey okay you know we're officially taking orders you know squawk box is live yes. what did that look like how many how many people signed up initially and you know how did you grow from there okay so so i collected emails from people and i uh, when I launched it, I, I let everybody know, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, taking orders soon, but just so you know, you're not going to get your box for, um, it was about a month and a half because I didn't, I didn't have, uh, I, I literally just took money from people and then bought the product for them in the beginning. 
So I didn't have any money saved up to do this. So I, I needed that. to get the money first and then I bought the product. Um, I had about, I had 23 subscriptions the first month. And in a way I was like, oh, I thought, you know, maybe I would get more than this. But then also I couldn't believe that there were 23 people that, you know, were willing to uh, give me, you know, their information, their payment stuff. So that's how I did it. And then I ended up, so that was in June, 2016 is when it started. Mm -hmm. And then I just built from there. So every month I started getting more and more and that was nice to see. Um, so yeah, the launching was just, I just kind of wrote emails that I really didn't have much direction <laughs> on it, to be honest. I just yeah. kind of made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that I think a lot of, um, early founders and, and entrepreneurs need to, to realize too. The world is so big and with each individual niche is so big. And so mm -hmm. if you get 10, 20, 30 subscribers when you're launching, like you're onto something, you know, there's a market for that. You know, if you can get 20, then you can get 20,000 probably. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the niche. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, the longer that I went on, the, the longer that I went on with it. Um, like I said, I was, I was just a bit discouraged about it at first, but again, also like, wow, people are trusting me, you know, I can do this. Um, and then the further, the more time that, that passed, I realized, yes, I can really make this go far. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you basically just started out with Instagram and email and then yeah. what kind of, what kinds of marketing did you expand into from there? So for a while, um, I would say for about a year, I was only relying on Instagram posts I was not paying any money. So I just, I, I wasn't paying for advertisements uh, through Instagram probably for about a year. And then I started doing it on Facebook, combining Facebook and Instagram together and doing some advertising. Um, I, I wasn't really knowledgeable in how to do the advertising. So that was something else I kind of winged <laughs> for, for, you know, about four years, I just kind of, you know, I kind of just try to figure it out myself. And, and I started, I, I started off only advertising, you know, the, the certain amount of money was just, I mean, it wasn't very much because I was, I was leery about whether or not it would even work. So right, right. I started off doing like maybe $50 a month for Facebook advertisements. Um, and now we've, we're, we're doing a lot more than that. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I think you did it the right way to like, um, I, I was talking to, uh, uh, shaker and spoon the other day and they, they said that, you know, if they could go back, they would do, they would take a similar approach, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, basically just start out organic and, you know, go as long as you can, just trying to, uh, grow organically and start gathering that data. Like the, the case that they made was, you know, you need to, have a long enough runway after your launch to understand what your metrics are mm -hmm. and you know 
what your profit margins are, what your customer lifetime value is. And then once you have those numbers, you can gain an understanding of how much you can afford to pay to acquire a customer. Right. And then you can be more confident and comfortable investing into your advertising because you know, you know, what your goalpost is and what, what metrics you should be shooting for. So I think that's a very smart way to do it. Take mm-hmm. it slow, grow organically. And then when you're ready, you know, dive more heavily into paid advertising. Yes. Yes. And I personally didn't have any investors or anything, so I didn't want to just dump a bunch of money in it right away. Um, right. And I, I do think it was a, is a really good learning experience for me personally to do it that way. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the difficult thing with growing organically is you really don't have a reliable sales channel, right? It's just kind of like you're posting all the time when mm-hmm. subscribers come in, it's awesome, but it's tough to replicate those results. Right. So that means that customer retention is really, really crucial, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are some of the things that you're doing to create an amazing experience for Squawk Box customers and make sure that you're retaining them for as long as possible and maximizing your lifetime value? Yeah, so um, so I've been able to keep my churn rate pretty low. It's generally between five and seven percent. And one of the one of the big things is the presentation of the box. Um, I think people really enjoy opening the box. People's birds enjoy seeing the box and they get excited about it and they want to dive right in and, and get to the toys and everything. Um, so that's been something important for me. And obviously the, the components of the box are really important. So I never make uh, any, I've, I've never made any box the exact same. And if, if ever a toy is being reused or anything, it's, it has to be at least a year since I've used that before. So each month the box is pretty different and it, it's just a variety of things that, that um, the birds can, can go through and appreciate. And they, they also need to destroy the toys. So that's something that some people don't really understand is yeah, in the wild, birds will destroy stuff. They pick apart stuff, they build nests, they, you know, they file their beaks down. And that's something that is important in this box as well, is that the birds are supposed to destroy the toys and they're yep. supposed to have fun with it and, and destroy it. And then, and then, you know, you get a new box and then they, they destroy those toys too. It just keeps them uh, happier and doing stuff. Yeah, and you just touched on such an important uh, point here that you know the reason that this makes sense to be a subscription box is because of that replenishment element to it mm-hmm. and you know so many people just take a product and then they get it they get really attracted to the subscription model they like the idea of recurring revenue every single month mm-hmm. but the product they have doesn't make sense to be backed into a subscription model and so they end up bringing this product to market that nobody wants every single month and then they're adding this unnecessary barrier to purchasing because they're saying, oh, you have to subscribe. Right. And, you know, with this, it actually makes sense for people to subscribe because, you know, you're, you're replenishing the treats and, and toys every single month because the bird is going to destroy them and eat them anyway. And so they're going to need more treats and toys in the next month. They could either go out and, you know, buy them themselves or just have a, a squawk box delivered. Right. Uh, 
So yeah, it's, that's such a, a key element that I think a lot of people overlook. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's the point of it too, is that if they don't have that to destroy, they will get bored with, with the, you know, if you get, give them something that is indestructible. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they'll have a favorite toy and they, and they do play with it a lot, but, but in general, they do like to destroy things and that's, that is healthy for them to do. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, just to draw a parallel here, I, I know as a, as a dog owner, I have a Siberian Husky who likes to, uh, destroy toys as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I have all the best intentions where I want him to have new treats and new toys all the time, but you know, sometimes I just like get busy and I, I forget to go to the store and get him new treats. And so having some kind of like, you know, bark box or like dog subscription box or any pet subscription box delivered every month is just such a, a huge help. Yeah, for sure. It definitely takes it. It, there's a few elements to it where, you know, I'm picking out the toys for everyone. So they don't even have to think about it. And I always choose, choose, uh, toys that, that are for different, um, what am I trying to say here? They're, they're just for, for different instincts. So each toy kind of provides something for, for a different instinct that the bird would naturally have and do being in the wild. So it's, it's definitely, it, it takes the guesswork out of it and it's a present every month. It's fun to get. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And you don't have to, to travel to the pet store. And oftentimes pet stores have the same toys. Um, I, I found that the pet stores that I've gone to, they always have the same stuff. Right. So it's a little less boring for the animal as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another key point here. Like, these aren't just things that, you know, you can get anywhere. Like it is a unique experience that's specific to Squawk Box. Um, you know, it's, it's another, just working with so many subscription box companies, it's another mistake that I see all the time where people kind of have this like throw stuff in a box mindset and ship it. Yeah. And if you do that, you know, there's nothing unique about it. There's nothing special about it. And so it's, it's really important to, have the right products in your box so that when people, like you said, when they open the box and there's that, that presentation that it actually means something and it's actually valuable. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what else are you doing from a retention standpoint? Of course, uh, having a great product is key. Uh, how do you approach customer service? You know, how do you make sure that when customers do have problems that they're taken care of and, and what's your general mindset around that? Mm hmm. So my mindset around that is just make the customer happy. Honestly, I just if, if somebody doesn't like the box, um, I, I will refund them. It does not happen often, but I'll just refund them or I can send them a different box. Like, oh, your birds do not like this particular toy or toys. Then, you know, I'll I can send you a different box. Um, the so that's, I, I always just try to please the customers and I realize I, I can only go to a certain extent with that, but I do want everybody to like the product. And if they don't, then, you know, I don't, I don't want them to be unhappy, feel like they wasted money or anything. Yeah. Um, one thing that has been difficult is the, the shipping. Um, that's what, that's what has been a little more difficult than getting people to actually enjoy the box. Most people really enjoy the box. The shipping can take some time. And especially since COVID shipping got much slower. Yeah. So if something happens in somebody's box is, is 
stuck somewhere for a very long time, I will a lot of times end up just shipping them a new box and just get it there faster than for them having to wait too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that has just been a struggle across the board right now. And um, fortunately, I, I do think a lot of consumers have kind of adapted their expectations at least a little bit, but you do definitely get those uh, people who are difficult to deal with. And, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it is pretty rare, but I, I do get them. So yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather them, you know, just be happy. And so Remind me again, do you ship uh, do you ship same day when somebody orders or do you ship the, the same day every single month? I ship the same day every month. So I ship all the boxes okay. out at the same time. That's the way that my fulfillment center decided, you know, is the best way to do it with me. And I, I for right now, that works. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's another key point too um, for subscription box brands that are looking to, you know, if shipping is an issue and people are complaining about the, uh, amount of time that it takes to ship boxes. Mm -hmm. um, when I was at Hunt a Killer uh, a few years ago, we were doing the same thing. You know, we were we were shipping. I believe it was on like the twenty second of the month every single month. Mm -hmm. um, and then we ended up uh, figuring out a way to ship, do same day shipping for for the first box that people got. Okay. And we ended up. Uh, as soon as we implemented that, we saw our, our customer acquisition costs go down because, you know, people were seeing that they they don't have to wait until a certain day every month. It just ships right away. Um, but we also saw our, our churn rate go down because that first box is, you know, basically the, the first impression that people have uh, of your of your company. And when when they don't have to wait as long and it mm -hmm. gets to them faster, then, you know, it's just a better experience all around. And so our our first box churn rate really went down just because we were able to fulfill that need or that, that uh, want that they had to get the box faster. Right. Uh, right. Like normally when people order something, they want it soon. And yeah. some people, you know, they expect that with Amazon as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> but Jeff Bezos I, I just ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. I actually am having a meeting with our, our fulfillment center very soon here, either this week or next week about how we can get the boxes out sooner. So we might start off doing shipments twice a month instead of once a month. And then eventually I will, we'll have, we'll transition into doing it. Okay. You ordered, you, you get your box shipped within, you know, two days or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that will, will really help. And it's something that, uh, you know, if you can, and if your fulfillment center can support it, I think all subscription box owners should try to implement that. Cause it's just yeah. like, you know, if you can do it, it's an easy win to just, you know, kind of decrease the barrier to entry to purchasing your box and, and enhance the experience right off the get go. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, uh, we are running out of time here and I want to, I want to wrap it up with one last question. Mm -hmm. So what is your, Number one piece of advice for people who are looking to start a new business. <laughs> um, don't be afraid because I was, I really was. Yep. Uh, it was very intimidating to me. So I really believe if you, if you have an idea that you find good, go for it. And, you know, even if you have to start off small, then just do it and see where it goes 
Um, I did keep my job until I was able to support myself fully off Squawk Box. So maybe just, you know, don't don't get uh, too excited and quit everything you're doing and just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it, uh, it goes, it's, it's a little bit slower moving at first. So, but I would say don't, don't be intimidated. Um, obviously do your research and make sure you're doing everything you know, correctly, but it is a learning experience. And I've got to say, I was, I was pretty nervous to do it. And I'm so glad that I, that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing advice. I think so many people have these great ideas that, um, never come to fruition because they're just too scared to start and and everybody starts somewhere. Yeah, for sure. And I had some encouraging people around me, so that was helpful, but I did not have a degree in business or anything. So I, I was definitely intimidated or thought, you know, maybe I can't do this, but. but. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because, uh, everybody's like, Oh, I, I don't have a degree in business. I, I can't do this. And then you talk to all the people who do, who do have a degree in business. Like I have one. Yeah. And we're all like, that was totally useless. I could have just you know, <laughs> taking a couple online courses and I would have learned way more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, it is true. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, I, I, um, I think that, you know, if, if you think that it's a good idea, you, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, how can people purchase Squawk Box? Uh, you can go to www.squawkboxes.com and that is that's the best way to purchase awesome well thanks so much amanda this is awesome and talk to you soon okay yeah thank you thanks for tuning in to that episode of the hungry founder podcast before you go if you're in the e-commerce industry and you're looking for an agency that will take your brand to the next level I want to invite you to contact us at Harbor Marketing Agency and ask about how our results action plan process can give you the exact roadmap you need to scale your business. Just go to harbormarketingagency.com and book a call to get started.